You're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan. On this episode, we've got Brandon Piller with me as well. On our way back from Belleville, where we saw the Belleville Senators lose 4-2. They split their weekend. We'll get into that. The Ottawa Senators, the same fate. They got the win on against Philadelphia on the Friday. Losers to the Jack Eichel Sabres. May as well have been the Buffalo Sabres. 4-2 winners as well by the same score. Yep. Jack Eichel... Every single one of the Sabres goals. We'll get into all that and more, including Senators 20 games into the National Hockey League season. The first 10, two wins. The second 10, six wins. Is this a trend we expect to continue? We'll get Pillar's opinion on that and much more on Locked On Senators, presented by the Locked On NHL Network. Hello, Sens fans. You're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. It's November 17th, and Rudolph Balsers is back. Ross, Rudolph Balsers is back in a big, big way. I mean, three goals in two games, you tell me. Is that good? It's even better when one of those is the overtime winner. Looked just too good for the competition at the AHL level. I don't expect him to play another game. Do you expect him in the lineup on Wednesday when the Belleville Senators host the Manitoba Moose? No, I really don't think so. And I mean, Rudolph Balsers, he spent most of his time uh, last season in the NHL, as we know. He had 36 games in the NHL last season, tallying 14 points in that span. And like you said, Ross, I don't think he's ever going to see another game in a Belleville uh, uniform because he's shown that he can dominate at the AHL level. Not only did he score the OT winner like you talked about, he also scored the goal to tie that one up, uh, that game up against the Sound Tigers as well. So this guy's coming up clutch, and that was his first game. Imagine your first game all season coming back. You score the game-tying goal and then the OT winner in an emphatic way like that, and that Selly after the winner was absolutely sick. Playing on the... Belleville Senators, I would say de facto top line with Josh Norris and Drake Batherson. You were at that game. We both went tonight, but let's start with Bridgeport. What was your other takeaway? Was it just straight up the Rudy, Rudy Balsers show? Well, first of all, this was a game heading into this game. Uh, I had tweeted about it. The Belleville Sens had a lot of games where they were winning them, but they were all one goal games. And this was an opportunity for them to really flex their offensive firepower. There's so much talent on that front, especially the top six. And then it was a chance for Hogberg to really try to shut the door because the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, well, they weren't making a lot of noise. They were the the fewest in the league with goals for, with 29 goals in 16 games. Yeah, well, they're not only at the bottom of the league in goals for, but they only have four wins. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers at the bottom of the standings. Same cannot be said for the Milwaukee Admirals, who were 10-3-1-2 coming into tonight against the Belleville Senators, and they were simply the better team. Yeah, and complete opposites. You go from facing one of the worst teams on Friday night to facing one of the best teams on Saturday night. And this team, although I thought Belleville actually played pretty well up to their level, uh, it's not like uh, Milwaukee was clearly the better team. So then let's cut to the chase. Philip Gustafson pulled after two periods. I believe it was 18 shots, and he let in the th- the four goals. The last one with a second left in the in the period. 11 seconds left. Yeah, that period was pretty much done. What are we thinking about Philly Gustafson? Is he still Philly franchise? 
Well, that nickname just rolls so well off the tongue, so we'll we'll keep it with Philly franchise for now. I don't think so. <laughs> the problem is he actually made some solid saves. Uh, he wasn't absolutely terrible. The problem was when he needed to be solid, he just wasn't. Daniel Carr strolled down the right wing side, and honestly, it looked just like he was at the end of a shift and just wanted to get a puck on net, and hopefully uh, Gustafson smothers it. You get a whistle, you get a change. The, the game moves on, and it's not a big deal. Gustafson ends up totally whiffing on this one, and it just goes by him with a clean shot, and that puts Bridgeport, or Milwaukee, rather, in the lead, and then with 11 seconds left, the Belleville Senators were buzzing before that goal happened, and then they get scored on, and it's 4-2, and that was kind of all she wrote after that. They just weren't able to uh, muster up anything, and none of their chances were fine in the back of the net, and that's the way the game ended. They both end in a loss tonight. We already mentioned the Ottawa Senators, and that's putting a bow on the Milwaukee game, but it, it does kind of linger with me with the Philly Gustafson situation. This is a guy who's got a sub-860 save percentage in six games this year. We know our boy Joy Decord's paying his dues down in the East Coast League right now with the Brampton uh, Beast. Is it time to make a swap there? Well, this is a really interesting debate, and I think we even started talking about this at the start of the year when we were kind of trying to set the goalie hierarchies. And it's tough to say because it's been small sample sizes. First, let's just say that off the top. 24 goals against in six games this season. He only had an 887 last year talking about Philip Gustafson. Yep. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's going to cut it. But keep in mind, that's that's six games we're talking about. And I know his stats definitely are are really bad, the goals against average and save percentage. But he did get three wins in those six games. Not that that, that makes those stats any better. But then you look at Joey Decord. This is his first pro season with the Brampton Beast in the East Coast Hockey League. And he's been a very streaky guy. And it's tough to say it's a good time to switch them right now because neither of them is playing really well. We just talked about Gustafson's stats. He's got a 4.40 goals against and a 0.860 save percentage. But to cord his last two games, Ross, a couple of stinkers. He let five goals in last game. And before that, nine goals against... On uh, He only had 20, 23 shots that game. So that's 14 saves on 23 shots. That's a tough one. But before that, he had a shutout. So this is just a streaky guy in Joey Decord. But I think the case can be made. Gustafson's only 21. Joey Decord's 23. Gustafson still needs a lot more time uh, developing and honestly probably still even getting used to North American ice. I think it would do the franchise a lot of favors if, maybe not yet, but at least they start considering putting Gustafson with the Beast, making sure that he's starting majority of those games, getting on the ice, getting those reps in, and Joey can come up and play backup for the Belleville Senators. You know Hogberg's going to get most of those starts with the way he's being groomed to hopefully be the backup in the NHL uh, next year behind Nielsen. We saw how they set up Hogberg's deal to be a one-way deal in the second part of his two-year deal that they just re-signed him to. So that's clearly the plan, and Gustafson is your long-term guy. You got him in the trade where you traded Broussard, and Decord, let's let's be honest, they kind of uh, hit the jackpot with a seventh-round pick with Joey Decord. So you can, 
you can definitely afford to have Joey spend a little more time on the bench, still getting practice in with Belleville, but he's going to play back-to-back games. And then Gustafson, with lower competition, uh, getting his confidence back in the East Coast League. He's only played a couple games there in his career. I would say it's time to at least start considering that. Yeah, well, goalie of the future, Marcus Hogberg, his numbers uh, not that much better this year. 889 save percentage, 334 goals against average through 12 games played. Still lots of time. He looked good tonight as well, but another Swedish goalie in the organization whose name you just mentioned, Anders Nielsen, stole the show as we move over to talking about some Ottawa Senators hockey, the big club, one and one weekend themselves. That win largely in part of the play of Anders Nielsen. Yeah, and Anders Nielsen has been solid for the Sens this year. I mean, he was even the first star of the week a couple weeks ago uh, for the entire league. Mind you, we don't want to get to uh, praise him too much for that because immediately after being named first star of the week, that Carolina game happened where he let in four goals and uh, they ended up losing eight to two. But he has been solid, and right now, I mean, you cross your fingers, you hope it doesn't turn into uh, the curious cases of backup goalies for the Sens in the last couple of years. I'm talking about Hammond and Condon, where you gave some money to a guy who who's only showed you small sample sizes of uh, exceptional play. But I think Nielsen's the real deal. And I would say if everything works out well, you want to see him playing majority of the games for the Sens this season as opposed to splitting the crease with Anderson if you could have Nielsen playing 50 games and Anderson right around 30, I would say that's that's ideal for the organization heading forward. Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty good split, of course, depending on what they do with Craig Anderson. If there is demand for him at the deadline, he was good in goal tonight. Certainly not the reason the Senators fell flat in this one. Um, Jack Eichel, you can look his way, all four goals. But speaking of game winners, which Jack Eichel got tonight, it was Philip. Schlappick, who scored the game winner in the 2-1 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. He's averaging almost eight minutes through 10 games he's played this season. And my question to you, Pillar, a la Sabarin and Paul, will he be the next rookie to be told time to get your own place? It's pretty likely if you're looking at uh, the team uh, for rookies who are eligible to have that uh, glorious phrase be said to them, you're ready to get a place, you're staying in the NHL. But I'm going to throw a hot take at you here. I think, honestly, Rudolph Balsers may be in the running for that phrase to be coming up next as well. We just had a, uh, spent a whole bunch of time talking about him and how he's been lighting it up in just two games coming back with uh, AHL uh, in the AHL. And, I mean, that's really just a conditioning stint. So once he's back in the NHL, I don't think there's any reason for them not to say, hey, Rudolph's get your own place, you're staying in Ottawa because we don't need to see what you can do in Belleville anymore. Whereas Schlappick, like I said in a previous episode, I really still think is a prime candidate to be traded. And who knows, maybe if he keeps having uh, success that he's having, I mean, he scored the game winner uh, against Philly, teams are going to start taking a look. I, well, I don't know why you just don't keep him. He's got five points here through 10 games, never looked more comfortable, and he's a big body too. He's not shy to go in into the corners, and you ask, you say you don't need another look at Rudolph Balsers in the AHL. I don't think so either, but at the same time, he's a guy who's played less games. I I want to say less games, just checking as uh, as we're doing this right now, um, because Philip Schlappick's played 115 AHL games. Rudolph Balsers, 112. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah, they're toe-to-toe. <laughs> they're so, I mean, those are two guys who I think 
may have both graduated, but if you're looking at who else would be a candidate to come out of the lineup, you look right over at the other side, Tyler Ennis, Bobby Ryan, and Tyler Ennis keeps getting on the score sheet. He seems to provide the Senators all their power play offense, at least recently, and not like there was much offense before recently. I know they had that big slump where they were only 6% at one point. Um, and Bobby Ryan, since coming back in the lineup the past three games, he doesn't deserve to be taken out either. So I think you've you've done appropriately by narrowing it down to Schlappick and, or Balsers for that final offensive spot. Yeah, well, and if we're talking about uh, other players that may be being told uh, to get a place in Ottawa, I guess the only guy we could really consider would be Eric Bransom, right? And I think his uh, his spot in the lineup, I would say, depends largely on what happens when Willinen comes back uh, to yeah, the it's, sense. It's a problem that'll it'll come sooner or further down the road, not sooner. Um, but another player sticking with the the forwards is Logan Brown. We don't know what the status is of Artem Anisimov. Logan Brown hasn't scored a goal through five games yet, but certainly not for a lack of chances. Ross, let me tell you one thing. Logan Brown is hungry for a goal. Speaking of hungry, if you're hungry, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. So thank you, DoorDash, for sponsoring this podcast. And speaking of Logan Brown, yeah, he's had some really good chances And it's tough because this is a kid who's looking for his first NHL goal. But just because he's not putting putting the puck in the back of the net doesn't mean he's not uh, in the right spots and making good plays. We saw him make a really nice pass to Anthony DeClaire in uh, the game against the Sabres. So he's showing that he needs to be in the NHL. And speaking of another guy who actually might be told to get a place in Ottawa, Logan Brown is a prime candidate for that as well. Yeah, Logan Brown, at least twice a game, he does something where I'm like, man, how does a guy that size have hands like he does so smooth? And he thinks the game at at such a high level, being able to fake a shot, look off the goalie, thinks he's going short side, and then finding a seam through the other way. Just super impressive. You just hope he finds a way to stay healthy. It seems like every time that momentum starts rolling in his favor, the old injury bug comes a-biting, so... Looked great again in his return from an, from an upper body injury that didn't look great when he went off. It was the same game that Sabern went down. It was just such a strange game. Hey, we should update the situation. Bruce Garriock reporting today that Scott Sabern has resumed working out. Has not been on the ice yet, but that's great news in the recovery after a scary situation a couple Saturdays ago in Boston. Yeah, for sure. And for a guy like Scott Sabern, it's just terrible to see him go out like that when he seemed to be on top of the world. I mean, he had that goal against the Leafs after uh, Austin Matthews decided not to put some respect on his name. He had a couple fights, and then he tried to throw a good hit there, but just caught the wrong end of it, and you hate to see that. It's going to be tough for him to find his way back into the Senators lineup here as these kids start to develop, because when he was in the lineup, yeah, sure, Logan Brown was in because of the Anisimov injury, but Schlappick has come up and, and filled his role pretty admirably. 
Yeah, well, and uh, like we talked about, Balser's coming up too, and that's a guy that's definitely going to make the lineup a lot harder to stay in. And when Anisimov comes back as well, there's there's even more fighting competition. But I feel like Sabrin's lucky because unlike all these other guys, he's for sure not a skilled guy. We know Sabrin's role. He knows his role. He's a protector of investments, and he's pretty much the only guy on the team other than, I guess, Boro. But is Boro still a protector of investments? I think he's a snipe show, uh, soft hands <laughs> style of player now. So it seems that Scott Sabrin has that position locked down, and I think DJ Smith really uh, appreciates what he brings to the team. Can we talk about Mark Borowiecki for, for just a second? Just a second. Because he's played 19 games this season, and he's three points off his career high, which he's done twice, by the way, of 11 points. Took him 52 games in 2017-2018 and 63 games in 2014-15. The plus nine rating gets me because we often have seen him kind of fall behind and and be on the wrong end of a lot of goals, especially on on five-on-five. But don't you feel like he's found a steady partner in Dylan DeMello? Yeah, and I mean, Dylan DeMello, let's face it, is just a solid defenseman. Uh, to be honest, Ross, I, I like that pairing as well, but personally, I prefer DeMello playing up with Shabbat. I, that's just such a good combo. It worked well last year, and some of the stuff I've seen some, from Zaitsev, I wouldn't mind if he played a little a little less uh, intense roles and kind of down in the lineup with Boro. And Boro and Zaitsev, I thought, even though it was a small sample size, I thought they looked pretty good together. Zaitsev made that nice uh, pass across the blue line to get it to Boro, who sniped a top shelf for his goal. So really, I think there's a couple of options for uh, the defense pairings between those two pairings, at least, because I think Branstrom and Hainsey are pretty set in stone. I wouldn't mind seeing that split up as well, but... DJ Smith likes the consistencies from that school of Mike Babcock where the the house is on fire here in Toronto where we're recording at the TSN studios and Babcock still doesn't touch that defense. Still have Cody Cece, number one right shot defenseman on the team. So Is his extension coming up, by the way, for the Leafs? Is, uh, is that coming up soon? I don't know. What happens faster, actually? That's a great poll question. Does Babcock get fired or Cece extended? <laughs> I mean, you got to maybe ask the simultaneously. CC extension, Babcock firing. Shoot us a shoot us a, a tweet on Twitter at Send Central. What happens first? Does Babcock get canned, or does Cody CC sign on the dotted line? Because wouldn't that be an indictment of Kyle Dubas? You can't help but laugh at their situation after all those playoffs, and then finally the Ottawa Senators rebuild for the first time in feels like ever. The Ottawa Senators finished below the Toronto Maple Leafs in the standings. And could you imagine if it meant absolutely nothing in the playoffs? Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? But we'll find out sooner rather than later. As I said, tweet us at Send Central. You're listening to Locked On Sends Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan. He's Brandon Piller. Looking ahead, Tuesday night, Detroit, Ottawa. Are you cheering for the Sens to get points in the standings? Or... In the draft lottery odds. Well, Ross, the Sens keep winning games. I mean, they're coming off a loss against uh, the Sabres in their last game, but the Sens have won quite a few games recently. Do they know they're rebuilding? 
Like a couple of these games, they've been coming back from behind too. It's better off in the long term if they just take the loss and get that high pick. And that's easy for management to say, but if you want to build a winning culture, everyone from the coach down, players, trainers, equipment managers, wins are the only thing that matters. Yeah, and I think although it's it's kind of an awkward position to be cheering for a rebuilding team when you know the losses are actually kind of more valuable than the two points you get from winning, but you make a good point. There's a lot of uh, young players who are going to be developing through either Belleville or in Ottawa that need to have a culture of we're a hardworking team and we want to win these games. And these these core players are going to be together for a long time. So if you can stretch together a couple wins and especially beat a couple good teams, I mean, they beat the Lightning, they've beat the Flyers, they beat the Hurricanes. There's some good teams in there that they've uh, really shown that they can hang with. If you can tell these kids, if we play the right way and if you can buy into DJ Smith's system, you're not only going to succeed, but the whole team's going to succeed. I think that's a great, great thing. And even though it hurts the rebuild, it's good in the long term. The Detroit Red Wings are so bad. They, they don't even have three wins in their last 15 games, I don't think. Yeah, that's a tough look. But I really like Stevie Eisman picking up Robbie Fabry. I think that was an incredible move, especially when you're, you're really locked in a cap situation, the Detroit Red Wings. And being a Guelph Storm fan, I've seen a lot of Robbie Fabry, and I loved what I saw from him. It's just a terrible tragedy that he tore... I think both is ACLs. I think so too. So just to have those injuries in your early 20s as a professional hockey player is pretty damning and will probably affect him the rest of his career. But for Detroit to take a flyer on this guy for Jacob De La Rosa, I think that's a great move by Stevie Y. And I think he's already been lighting it up in his first couple of games. I'm not sure how many points he has, but but yeah. Four, four points in his first two games. <laughs> that's pretty good. So I think, especially uh, going back to the Guelph Storm connection, you've got Bertuzzi and Fabry uh, connecting again. So there's a little magic that uh, the chemistry has obviously sparked again, and we're going to get to see if that'll happen against the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, the Ottawa Senators, I believe, are back out in action as well. They Montreal. sure are. In Montreal, La Belle Provence. Uh, we'll be chatting and previewing that game uh, Wednesday, as we're, we'll be back on Tuesday and Wednesday, but it's been a lot of driving tonight, Pillsy. I think it's time to hang them up. Yeah, it's it's definitely time to hang them up. So we'll, we split the weekend as well, one drive each to Belleville. They split their wins and losses. So did the Ottawa Senators. Thank you for listening to Locked On Senators podcast on Spotify. We're still working. We will get it up on iTunes. That's our promise. By this week. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. Go Sens, go. We'll chat on Tuesday.